We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This hour is being brought to you by BetMGM. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. I think our culture... You know, like I've been saying all year, you know, no matter what's happened the week before, you know, everybody comes in the same with the same energy. The coaches do a great job, you know, you know, staying on us, staying on, you know, the, the leaders of the, the team to, you know, bring that energy every day in practice and just, just having that mindset, just getting better each and every day and, you know, just approaching, you know, each day differently and resetting after each day and just, just coming in and getting better that day. Justin Fields is doing his best to stay humble. It's the Bernstein and Home Show. Lawrence and Layla here with you until 2 o'clock. It's been interesting, and we explored it a little bit earlier this week, like the what seem to be the tribes that people have fallen into when it comes to Justin Fields and how we're supposed to talk about him. And there is a sense that this this is kind of new media versus old media and that new media understands what the bears are doing and that Justin Fields is growing and old media doesn't get it even though we're kind of old media yeah i i suppose i think this goes back to a couple of different places okay let's let's go back in time I think this. I think this goes back to a couple of, uh, I think, popular blogs and sites around town having some good information about what was going on with the Bears internally around the time that first we see the report over Thanksgiving last year about Matt Nagy being fired, and then other information coming out about the process or about the decision making that might have taken place, and then how that moved to the GM and the coaching search, and. I think that that's deserving of respect. I don't know where people think that it's not. Sometimes that comes from the actual people who run those things. And it's like, no, nah, no, nah, get your get your bears on just like everybody else. But then when it came to Justin Fields and how people would get offended, I I guess I'm of the camp where I'm where I'm pro the development and I'm pro the concept of of losing to win. But I'm also of the camp that says you shouldn't have lost to the Lions at home down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter or up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter when they were down. Like, that should have been a game you won. Yeah, you should have won the Washington game. Also, progress on a play leads to winning because that means you're gaining yards. That means you're scoring points. So if you do that a lot, that shows progress and it means you win. 
So I, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive, which is, I think, where everybody's getting tripped up here is the concept of A, people having information who deserve to be credited for it, and then B, both are possible. Yeah, both things can be possible. And when you're looking at development of Justin Fields in particular, you can... Here, my issue is when it comes to the idea or like the concept of, and Matt Eberflew spoke about it earlier this week. Well, they've got to learn how to finish. I, I agree that there's value in learning how to finish and to learn how to win games late in the NFL. But if you look at Justin Fields' performances in some of these late game situations, there have been times when he has made all the proper play or the proper throw, and then the other people on the roster have not executed it properly, which is why I have – even Fields saying that we need to get wins for momentum into next year, that doesn't – to me, it doesn't make any sense. Like That's not really how it works. I think if you are doing all of the things that you can do to get better – if you're not half-stepping or taking shorts or anything like that, then it's going to turn into your off-season work when hopefully Ryan Poles gets better players for Justin Fields to, to be with on the team. All of that stuff will come together. I'm not in – I guess I'm not in a rush for the winning. Like, I, I've never needed to see that because I've seen in some of those moments – him do stuff and him make plays that that let me go, oh yeah, that, that guy's a winner. He's just he's a winner who just happens to not be winning. But you also know when you see stuff happen, like when they have a lead against Green Bay, you're like, oh, that's a like there are so many winnable games in this in this schedule. And I think that's just part of being in the NFL. <laughs> that's being respected at the highest levels of the competition. But additionally you're like, oh, I would have liked to see him win two Right. Although I am of the belief that if they win the Washington game, we aren't having the same conversation about Justin Fields. I don't think they would have been prompted to act. Which had they not lost that game in embarrassing fashion on that Thursday night. I really hope that's not the case because their offense was so bad at the time. Like the discussions at the time were you're not passing the ball a lot. You're not gaining a lot of yards any way, shape, or form. And then they're like, well, we aren't running a lot of plays. That's also very bad. If you're not running a lot of plays, that means your offense isn't doing anything. So to me, it would have come at some point or another. My old partner, Dan Hampton, used to say winning is great deodorant. Yeah. And that's that's what I was concerned about. Because at the time, what were the Bears? What were they one and three or whatever at that point. If you win that game with the time off, I think that they probably feel better about themselves than the tape reveals and that they start looking at things differently instead of we need to deconstruct our offense. We need to get with our quarterback and talk to him about the things that he feels like he does really well. And we need to do that more often. We need to talk with fields and say, Hey man, What do you like? What can we do to make this offense work more for you? And then they did that. But I don't think if they win that game against Washington, they even do that. That's what scares me. Yeah. But it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to go to that place with that one because I feel like there was so much other proof. 
And when it comes to what we're seeing, we had been crying for those concepts last year. Like, that's what I find so funny is this credit to Luke Getze for doing it. Credit to Luke Getze and the coaching staff for actually adjusting, number one. And number two, we wanted them to move the pocket last year. This wasn't a foreign concept. This should have been part of the job interview if you're the offensive coordinator up for the job. You, you, if we know it, they know it, right? Yeah, but, but that's why we should should give them credit for it because we have seen what it looks like when there's a, a coaching staff that no matter what the evidence shows them, they're going to continue to try and stick a square peg into a round hole. I'm not an idiot. It's not just him, though, to be honest. There are so many coaches who do that. And Dave Wanstead actually said it, and he knows Getsy from Pitt, that it takes a lot of humility in an offensive coordinator to take away his fun parts of the playbook. Because what are you doing on a rollout? You're cutting the field in half. Sure. It's taking away 50% of your options on a play that you orchestrated. And we're also seeing him reinvent himself in some of the play design. I absolutely love the play design of the touchdown because you had two receivers open practically next to each other and they were in the same spot of the end zone and it worked. Like I that I found very encouraging in this last game. I appreciate what Luke Getze and, and Matt Eberflus have done. I do think that it's just made this season has been really um it's been fun for me. I don't know how you feel about it, Layla. Like I never thought that I would be able to have this much fun and excitement in a season where you knew the team wasn't going to be any good. This is a three-win team that has been interesting all the way through the entire season. Now, the reason of that that interest is because of Justin Fields. I keep talking about it, like the power of Justin Fields. There's a gravitational force that's happening that's making people continue to listen to us, to tune in, to watch the games. It's one of the first times where I've seen a season where if you looked at the record, it looks like a disaster. People have been interested in watching the disaster. Well, and I think it, it to me, I just love hearing the stuff where other athletes in the NFL are talking about how much they like to watch Justin Fields. I love the concept of your favorite player's favorite player. And you're starting to hear that with Darius Slay and you're starting to hear that from other players. But the success will speak for itself. This is a league that is about winning. And it's so funny because here we are talking about winnable games for the Bears and how you feel about them and where they sit on it. What do you think Vikings fans right now are saying, regardless of their point differential and how people they're, are factoring that in? They're still winning the game. They're saying we still have a chance to be the number one seed. That's what they're saying so right I, now. And, and, Even though I don't think they are, they're any good at all. I just think the defense, the 49ers and the defense of the Eagles is not to be messed with. Like, I I think those two teams have set themselves apart, period, paragraph. When it comes to this, I try to consider other scenarios that are similar. Like, okay, let's take a look at the winning on, on another team and see how that plays out, how, they, how significant it's viewed. Or in this case, if I had told you two years ago that this was going to be the scenario Justin Fields was in, not two years ago. Last I mean, year, even it, it would have been nice had. Would he you been. be happy about it? I, 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 I still believe that had Matt Nagy invested in Justin Fields and not played the stupid game with Andy Dalton, that he might still be the head coach of the Bears because I think it would have been easier 
for him and Ryan Pace to go, look, we understand that things have been bad and we screwed up, but we got this guy. And we're 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 gonna build around. We now have the guy that we can build around. But the problem was, it's clear that to me that there was some sort of win edict last year. And so you had Matt Nagy being like, "Man, we got to go out here and we're gonna put Andy out there because he gives us the best chance to win." And to me, he may have given you the best chance to win games, but it wasn't the best chance to save your job. Oh, I think it was the best chance to save their jobs. Because they could push the Justin Fields development down the road and then use that in their favor to elongate the process. You right, know that but, whole but, year four of the offense thing. But but that's if you're playing him. And they they would often just they, he was the scout team quarterback. Like think about that. Like oh, we were upset about it last year. Like that that to me is one of the biggest faults in that administration. That you needed you needed to Make a determination and then stick with it. I would have been okay if they would have said from day one, he's the quarterback. We're going to let him go through the same stuff that that Trevor Lawrence is going through in year one, his development, even though he was dealing with a crazy person. We're going to let him do that. And we're going to... And my evidence to it, Layla, is this season. Yeah. That even though he is he is taking his lumps, that there are games that have been that haven't been won... People have been like are waking up to the talent, and there's a level of hope that comes with him that that you didn't have with Dalton or or uh, Nick Foles, and they they try to have it both ways. It's like, well, we've got this package of plays for Justin Fields. Like that's stupid. Develop him to try and win games in the league, and the only way that he's going to do that is by more and more snaps in the league. So you running him out there for four plays in a game is silly to me. But I mean that was that was the whole gimmick of that that whole offense. It was when Matt Nagy said he didn't want to talk about scheme and people would ask him about personnel, that's because that was his scheme was personnel. It, it's incredibly rudimentary. I think there's one thing that would satisfy all parties here. And it's to see Fields drive down the the field and lead a game-winning touchdown drive. And I don't care how you're getting there, by land or by sea, by air or by ground. But he's done it, and it hasn't... He's done it at least twice. And people, I think... And he's been failed by, he, by the other people on his team. That's it. There's been drops. There's been fumbles. There's been guys doing too much. They don't get out of bounds on time. Yeah. And or, I'm not Or they don't to, get out of bounds at all, and then they have the ball stripped from them. Amir Smith-Marset. And then you're cut. That is... a. But not until two weeks later, maybe three. So, so in in covering fields, and that's where this conversation went initially. I think that covering fields is unique in Chicago because what he did in after week five allowed all of us to go, oh wow, the Bears might Bears got a dude. Like the Bears have one of those type of dudes, and so then it becomes all right. Check that off the list. And it felt very, it felt very, um, in, in the way that people have discussed it, and I, it, most publicly, and I've, I would tell both of these people to their face this and have told Dan this already, uh, Dan Weederer and Zach Zabeman, I think that they have both, when they have talked about this, have jumped to the next step without fully enjoying 
the place that we're at and that it's okay to stay in the place of, wow, what awesome thing might Justin Fields do? Because you have to be honest about what is surrounding Fields and what's surrounding him is a pile full of goo. And I don't care what quarterback you are. If you're surrounded by a pile full of goo, at some point the goo is going to goo. And it's done that in multiple games where Fields has put them in position. And, oh, look at that. Well, here's how the the drive would be sustained. I'm going to roll out and make this dime throw, and this guy's going to drop it. Or I'm going to roll out and make this game-winning throw, and our best receiver drops it. Or I'm going to lead us down the field in the last-second attempt to win this game, and the guy doesn't follow the rules of the team and doesn't get out of bounds. He has the ball taken from him. If you're looking for, if, if you need the game-winning drives from Justin Fields, they are all around you. But you have to admit that the reason why those game-winning drives weren't fulfilled was, wasn't because of him. Now, if you want to take the argument galactic and say, well, if fields were better, the Bears weren't it would have wouldn't have been in that position to have to rally. Nonsense. I'm I'm okay with that argument. I'm I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm not because you have to trust receivers in order to want to throw to them. And it's pretty obvious that he didn't trust some of those receivers to move the chains. And rightfully so. Like I I'm but, not with it on that one. I'm no, just saying but, when it came to trying to figure out what makes everybody come to the same conclusion. That was what I was trying to say. Yeah, and and to me, I understand everyone being like, "Hey, look, the development has to take place." I and I'm with them in the Bears' passing game. The development has to take place, but we can't. I think that it's unfair to judge Fields because of how interconnected the game is. We can't be, we can't have it both ways. We can't be out here like, "Man, this offensive line is bad." Man, these receivers are bad. Why didn't Justin Fields win the game? Well, I just told you why he didn't win the game. Because his offensive line is bad. And that's what makes me his mad. receivers are bad. That's what makes me mad at, at, at the regime. And I understand that they were in a horrible way with cap space and cap money. Yeah. We all know who put you there. Like, there's no question about that. They're still paying Jimmy Graham right now, today. We're fired up about that. <laughs> that is not something you should be fired up about. And, and as for, for Dan but, and Zach. But you still could have surrounded him with something better. There were still offensive linemen in, available in the second round if you wanted to draft them. Available in the third round if you wanted to draft them instead of a guy you're still trying to figure out who's a gadget guy. This is the window because this is the time where Fields is in his rookie deal contract. You want to try you to maximize have, that. You could have implemented some relationships where there would be trust built there or tendencies understood there that would have matured by now. And that also bothers me because again, these things aren't mutually exclusive. I understand that you want to trade Khalil Mack. I understand that you want to trade Roquan Smith. You didn't have to draft Valus Jones Jr. I actually don't understand them trading Roquan Smith. Well, I think that I think that had to do with a battle of egos. Yeah, which which is a which leads to another point of conversation where the the whole thing is, and, and let me just say it, this: Cubs didn't have to let go of Wilson Contreras. They sure didn't. You feel me? Let Let me just say this about Dan and Zach. I disagree with them 
fundamentally on some of this stuff. But neither one of those guys, I think, is um, malicious in, in in their intent. No, they just want the Bears to win. I do think that there are other people who are bad faith actors when it comes to the conversations about Justin Fields. Now, most of them have, had, have been pushed back into the dark because he's been so damn good. But there were plenty of people that were just saying a lot of yang about him. And, and it was clear that they weren't watching the games. It was clear that they were they were box score watching and going, well, he hasn't thrown for 200 yards. What type of dumb bleep is that? That's the type of dumb bleep you say in Denver when you've got Russell Wilson and you don't understand what's happening, so you're trying to pick on somebody else to detract people from the actual story there. Too late. We already see the story in Denver. Get some oxygen. If you haven't understood that as dual-threat quarterbacks have matriculated from high school into the NFL – you can't just judge them on 300-yard passing games. You have to look at the effect that the quarterback has on the game in the run and in the pass. Look at them at third-down conversions. Their third-down conversion rate when Justin Fields is running more was really, really good, and that's not that's saying something given their talent level and their record. Texters from 708, you're 100% right. The he-can't-throw crowd. Like, there is a group of people that are inside of the sports zeitgeist Oh yeah, that that are doing that, and it's also the in the pocket crowd, right? And there, there, there are some reasons that I know are uncomfortable for people to talk about that that continues to come up with Fields, but like when I'm disagreeing with Dan or Zach about that, that's not where those two guys are. And as far as the consumption, you don't have to pick a side or a tribe when you listen to. Dan Weederer, like break some of this stuff down. Listen, and and you can go, I disagree with that part. But you know what? He's right about this. When you hear Zach talk about it, it doesn't have to be zero sum. It doesn't have to be you were either all the way over there or you're all or or you're Dan or you're Bernstein and and nothing else. And, and, <laughs> and, and Parkins, Parkins fits into it's, that. It's, it's probably more Parkins. Parkins through the party. Because Dan actually each week is hope, hoping that the Bears win. Like it's the only place where he still is a bit of a meatball is when it comes to Bears football on Bears Sunday. I'm just saying that you and can the White Sox. take all of this into account when you're working through it. Take take into account how someone's point of view and their perception. Someone who is around the team, how their perception might be different from mine or Layla's. Someone who doesn't cover the team at all. And in some cases, those people can be clear-eyed. And in other cases, having some of the information, let me put it this way. There, sometimes you have to listen in between the words. Mm-hmm. Okay, Zach worked for the Bears as a sideline reporter for over a decade. He still has incredible contacts there. Dan is covering the Bears every single day at Hallis Hall. He's got incredible contacts there. Sometimes you're not even necessarily giving your opinion, you, but you are offering people uh, an insight into what is being said, even the things that are be- not being said publicly. That's the thing. There it is. Like you and I are working with what is admissible to the public. Yeah. So so that's that's all I, I want to say is that you can I think that it's it someone said on Twitch I was laughing. It's like I don't want to do all that work. 
Like, I don't want to do the work of finding people and looking at looking at who they follow and what they tweet about. I don't need to do all that work. I, I think that you're right. You don't have to do all that work. No. But, I, but I think that it makes us all more well-rounded when we can look at this and say, we, we can look at some of the bad faith actors and go, I know exactly why you posted that. And then you can just eliminate them. Oh, yeah. I know exactly why you said he can't throw or he doesn't throw from the pocket or he hasn't posted a 300-yard passing game. And you can just move them away. And then when people are giving you more nuanced criticisms of the Bears offense and the places where fields can get better, you don't have to just put your fingers in your ear and go, la, 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 la. You, you don't want to hear it. Take that in. And then when there are people like me or Bernstein or Layla that are, that are like, man, this is awesome. This is a great place to be, even though the Bears have only won three games. You take that and put it into what – the, the gumbo that is your thoughts on fields in the Bears. I also think that there is a group of people who need their football players to act and say and look like a football movie they've had in their head all their lives. And Justin Fields has talked to us pretty candidly about how he sits on the sideline and tries to breathe or how he mm-hmm. is a chill person. And he's not the only one. We just heard... We just heard uh, Jalen Hurts talk about listening to Anita Baker on the plane home. He's not the only one. He's not the only quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is the same thing. Precisely. However, because he doesn't look and fit that the quarterback has to act this way, one track mindset that a lot of people have because they can't understand that people are their own people, not what you think of them, that that is also a lot of this narrative as well. Like they need him to look and act a certain way for they to, for them to get on board with it, and individuals are individuals. Yes, checking our own biases is key, and it's hard sometimes to to be vulnerable enough to be like maybe I'm blind to blank, or just that person doesn't have to be a quarterback. That that person doesn't have to be. You don't even have to have that person on a team necessarily necessarily if they're all functioning. Who cares? Yep. Like this is 2023 practically. Like let's get out of the stereotypes a little bit and see how people truly function well. People are working through a lot of that stuff, which is why I always like when I hear some of the older quarterbacks like Kurt Warner or Steve Young or um what's my man? I forgot his name. The new UAB coach. Oh, Trent Dilfer. Trent Trent Dilfer. When those guys can look at it and go, this is where the league is going. Like This is where the league is going. Instead of this is what it used to look like, and it has to look like this, or else it's not valid. Yes, 217. This is the Mike Martz disc show today. Because just like when we talk about NIL earlier in the week, adapt or die. This trade is leaving with or without you. Well, I mean, I, I think that it's interesting that Mike has come around and now Boomer Esiason has now all of a sudden come around. Oh, they showed enough for them to care. Hmm. He showed enough for them to know. No. But, where were you watching his entire college production? But that's the thing. You know what that secret school nobody knew about called Ohio State? Never heard of them. Weren't watching games, just looking at box scores. That's it. Watch the game. Do the work. 
People want to know why I sat through the Bears and Bills game when I was playing with house money after getting out of Dallas on Southwest. Times four. That's why. That's why. Because we do the work. We watch the games. We know what we know. We need to take a break. Layla has convinced me that we should extend high noon a little bit. So we're going to share a best of 2022 story that I had to tell Layla about, but she hadn't heard. Um, and it has to do with one of our experts. We will share that with you next here on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Station, 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 Station. Let's get it. Yeah, let's get it. How about it? Uh, Phil Rogers from NBC5 is going to join us later. He needs your help. He does need your help. We uh, will be looking for people to call in during our segment with Phil Rogers. It's about the Arlington Heights project and about the stadium. And Phil's story that he did recently, actually he's done two for NBC5, are regarding SoFi Stadium, the now most expensive NFL stadium there is. Which was privately financed. And none of it. None of it was pu- was public money. That's a law in California, right? That they can't, you can't build. I, I, I think that's what. I don't well, know if it's a law. Phil, I just know that they're like, yeah, no. You're not and then doing it, that. And then it happened anyway. So people want your opinions on on how this thing needs to get financed and, and how it needs to come together and what you think of the Bears having a new stadium at all. And yes, it's okay to be emotional in this in this concept. So I know the morning show has always entertained a lot of those callers. They might just listen to the morning show, but if you're around, you will have your time at 1220. That's when Phil Rogers of NBC5 will be here to talk about this. And we got to talk about his career. Yeah, you guys did that last night. Oh, it made me sad. It got him good. He wasn't even expecting that. We'll talk to him about that too. Um, Layla and I were discussing... Matt Bowen in our pre-show meeting, and I was like talking about how awesome he is and stuff. He is awesome. 
and we were just kind of discussing him. And I'm so glad that he was able to make it work and come back to the score and be one of our analysts here because, you know, for a long time he couldn't because he had other responsibilities. But now he's been back on the score, which leads to great moments like this one. When I got to Green Bay, I got there early. And it was my first day there. I was picked up in the middle of the season because I got waved injured from the Rams. I got broke my foot at the old Veterans Memorial Stadium in Philadelphia and got waved a couple weeks later. Isn't that when so you yeah. said you were working out like we were on a treadmill with a broken foot? Yes. Oh. I went through pro days with it. Yeah. You know, you do what you have to do. And, and I was a young kid still, so you know, things don't hurt as bad when you're 24. So, uh, But when I got there, I got there really early, right? So I drove from St. Louis, stopped in Glen Ellen at my, my mom and dad's house, had dinner. And drove to Green Bay. Anyone who's been to Green Bay in the middle of the night, you can't see anything, first of all, because nope. it's not like driving in Chicago. So I got lost, and I finally found my way to the hotel. So I came in early, right? Like 5 in the morning. I'm going to come in and, and get in the hot tub and stretch and get ready to go. And you guys remember Gilbert Brown, right? The yes. Yeah. So I go into the hot tub, and Gilbert Brown's in there. He looks at me like, don't even think about it. So I just walked, turned around and walked immediately out. <laughs> I was scared. I walked out right away, right? Walked out right away. And then uh, waited for everyone to get there. And then I saw Favre. I'll be honest. You know, the first time, you know, back then you see Brett Favre, you're kind of starstruck, right? It's Brett Favre. Um, and we played the Bears not too long afterwards at home at Green Bay. And, I mean, I have never been more nervous in a football game. Never. And I was just playing special teams, covering kicks, blocking on punt, punt return, stuff like that. I wasn't really involved in the game from a offense or defense perspective. You know, you get about 20 plays. But I had never been more nervous seeing that Bears helmet in Lambeau Field. To me, it was, you know, a big game feeling, like a huge game feeling for me. And obviously that's from growing up here in Chicago. But also just a week of practice leading up to it, there was more intensity. It was more tempo in practice. It had a bigger feel to it because it was Bears-Packers. That's not my favorite story from your Packers days. I, I, the, Lawrence, you've heard him tell the story about when he got locked out of his hotel oh, room. Oh, yes. That yes. was in Champagne. <laughs> that was a game in Champagne. Unbelievable, man. That's, that, that's still just classic. Somebody oh, man. knocking on the door, not wearing any pants. You wonder what the hell's going on. I know. I, I, I was again. I was. I was starting that game, and it was Monday Night Football, so I was nervous, and I wet my bed, and I, I put all my sheets together, and I, you know, because when you're on the road in the NFL, um, you know, you, you can go down to you're staying like the Ritz and stuff. You just call someone, they fix everything for you. We we're staying in a hotel in Rantoul, Illinois. Okay, so we weren't downtown Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to get rid of it. And Aaron Campman was my roommate and Campman played for the Packers a long time, played with me at Iowa. I wasn't going to wake him up. So I put a towel on and walked downstairs and there was no one anywhere. I mean, it was the middle of the night. I mean, it was no one. So I went outside. I was going to throw the sheets in the dumpster and the door closed behind me. There was no handle on the door. So I'm in the parking lot at three in the morning with just a towel on. I walked around to the front. And I walked in, I said, I'm Matt Bowen. I play for the Green Bay Packers. And, and the lady at the desk did not believe me. Did not. So I had to call. I had to get a way to find team security to come down to let me back in. I went back in, got cleaned up, and just flipped the mattress over and slept them on a mattress. And then I played a football game the next day. Now, look, I didn't play that poorly. I made some plays. I was good on special teams. I had one pass interference. Uh, in, in the end zone, a throw from Jim Miller. I had one pass interference in the end zone that I that I was beat, so I grabbed the guy. But besides that, I played pretty well. And, 
that was a game we opened up when Favre hit driver on the deep ball and things just started rolling really well for us. Um, yeah, that was an interesting, interesting uh, trip to Champagne. A lot different than this past weekend, I'll tell you that. I just, I just love it. I'm Matt Bowen. I play for the Packers. I don't. No, you're not. No, you're, I, no, I, you're not. No, you don't. And I don't care. You're you're frightening me. <laughs> Matt Bowen, thanks. This is great. <laughs> Told you it was a great story. It's it's not just great. It's just the way he described it is elite. <laughs> Because it's Matt Bowen telling you the story. Yep. Matt, he sounds like football Bowen. Matt, he can do no wrong. Bowen knows knows everything there is to know in the best way possible. And he's, I'm like, wait, what? You threw the sheets in the dumpster? You got to that point? And people didn't believe you? And then he's like, I had a pass interference on Jim Miller. <laughs> like, just goes right back to the football. Like the idea of him him walking in in a towel and being like, yeah, I, I play for the Packers, and the woman there being like, nah. "No, you don't." <laughs> and and you have who is, to, is that woman? The same woman who averted the chair at Waffle House. I mean, you have to also think like, what are some of the things that she's seen to make her go, "Nah, nah,", nah. like she's clearly seen people walk into the hotel with just a towel on or less before. I can't like, and knew immediately. Nah, that ain't it. I just. Sure you are. Sure, that's who you are. And he's in a towel. Unbelievable. Oh, there's so many bad dreams from that story that I would have. So that's not the only cool thing that we have. We will do an actual high noon with another piece of fun from 2022. Or two, two pieces of fun. Two pieces of fun. Two, two, two scoops in one. We'll do that next here on The Score. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street. In front of the palace alone. Yeah, right. When? High noon? High noon. We do it every day around this time. And we usually started by telling you what we've talked about. We talked about Kevin Warren. We had Caitlin Sharkey on the show. She was fantastic. We discussed uh, Justin Fields and the armies of people that talk about Justin Fields. And we do all of that to lead to this part. It's high noon. It is high noon. And considering that we are going back into the Wayback Machine a little bit, we thought that we would go with two things that happened on our show that were a lot of fun. Like the three of us discovering that Ray does characters, which is something that we didn't know. Here's Redneck Ray. But I want to yeah. hear about Cracker Barrel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Things I never thought I'd hear Dan Bernstein say for I, a thousand. I like Cracker Barrel. I do too. I don't. I don't like the people who like Cracker Barrel, but I like Cracker Barrel. So what does that tell you? <laughs> Cracker Barrel said that they were going to just have on the menu a plant-based sausage made by Impossible Foods. The post sparked strong reactions from its followers, with many complaining, of course, on Facebook, where people complain, especially boomers, about things like alternate meat, that Cracker Barrel should not be offering the meat alternative. Uh, Why not? Because they care what other people are eating, apparently. They can't just not eat it. It's kind of like how they'll tell you on Twitter that they don't listen to your show. Like, nobody cares whether or not you're listening. And and why... 
they, no one's forcing them to eat it, right? They didn't nobody's, announce like, it. Crack, nobody's forcing you to listen to this station. Cracker right. Barrel's nobody's, not bringing it out to the table and be like, eat this, are nobody's, they? No, a menu means you can choose what you want on the list. Okay. So that didn't stop one person from going, I just lost respect for a once great Tennessee company. <laughs> What? Why would you lose respect for them? Another person said, not going to happen. Cracker Barrel used to be so good. We look forward to eating in them, but not anymore. What? Like, yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta we gotta start getting some of these these people off. You know, it's going. it's always a conspiracy theory. You know, they're gonna put the fake meat in our cracker barrel foods. Yeah, That's and they how also go. they're calling That's it what people woke. are thinking. I'm like sure. you guys are such sheep. Like this is so pathetic and sad, but it's also hilarious. But they but again, like just to be and clear, so they what? don't have to eat it, right? They just like that's it. Sneak it in. Nobody's nobody's criticizing your choice here. They're just offering more choices. So Force feed your fake meat. Now, now we, we've we've politicized <laughs> I think we found the yucking a of for Ray. We, we've politicized the yucking of yums now. And and I like redneck Ray. I I Ramblin Ray. Red, I, I need Ray I need a, redneck a Ray and NASCAR Dan to now have conversations with each other. Hey y'all, what do you think about Cracker Barrel having? A meat alternative meat. Boycott them. Hate them. Boycott them. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the meat alternative because I, there's three kinds of sausage that I can get in my store and it's all it's all in blocks and it's wrapped up in wax paper. You can get the whole hog sausage and the whole hog sausage means just that, that they use every part of the hog. And Things then, in that fake food. <laughs> Shout out to Redneck Ray. Redneck Ray saved the day quality stuff. Did yeah, we ever find out how those poor individuals who said they're never going to Cracker Barrel are doing? Where are they right now? At Cracker Barrel? Probably at Cracker Barrel. Definitely <laughs> at Cracker Barrel. I forgot how dramatic the first comment was. I just lost respect for a once great Tennessee institution. Sir, what are you talking about right now? There's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. Then... Later on, we uh, we made a discovery on the show that uh, Dan only has one pair of shoes that aren't dress shoes. And uh, you should probably point out the condition Dan was in. He had taken the, the, the COVID vaccine booster shot. And the, the fluster. And he had been walking around in the rain. And that led to this discussion. Before my shots, I went to the the Montrose Bird Sanctuary, which I love walking around. Because this time of year, there's some migratory birds there. And if you follow the photographers and the real birders and you kind of overhear, you can... I, I, I would not have been able to identify a magnolia warbler, but it was apparently a big deal that I saw one. And black-capped chickadees and northern flickers. And it's, it's all sorts of cool birds. It and didn't come up to you and say, hi, Dan, I'm a magnolia warbler. It, it should have, right? Yeah. Hey, Bernstein, you suck. But they said, that's a magnolia warbler. And I said, I don't know what that is. They said, it's it's kind of an interesting bird this time of year to come through here. Like, okay, cool, sweet. I'll keep my voice down. And then I walked on the pier, and it was freezing. And I got to the end of that, that little question mark-shaped Montrose pier all the way out there, and a wave came over and soaked my foot. And I... And ran for the hills. And hysterical. And then this morning, as I'm leaving for work, I put my left shoe on, and guess what? It was still wet. Still wet. <laughs> 
Hi, Dan. I'm Lake Michigan. That sucks. Welcome to fall. That, 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 I started my day. By the time I got to my car, like, damn it, my foot's wet again. Did you go change shoes? I don't have another pair to change into. All of this just says you should have taken the day off because your brain might be mush. I'm not going to wear, like, dress shoes. I don't Hold have on. An, I don't have another Hold pair on. of shoes. You don't have another pair of gym shoes? No. How old are you? 53. Now I feel like I need to buy you another pair of shoes. No, no stop you don't need to this. buy me another no. Here's the thing. These shoes will dry. I, I know. Money but, can be exchanged for goods and services. But you're sitting there with a wet left foot. Yes. That's, That's it, not good. Isn't that... It's like, uncomfortable. Is, what did they get mm-hmm. in World War One? Gangrene? No. Turf something. Or like... Mustard like gas? Trench foot? Must- trench foot. You're going to get trench foot. Trench foot? Dan, trench foot birds. I don't want to get trench we foot needed, midday. Like, <laughs> oil can boards like, oh. Who's out there on the mound today? It's old trench foot. <laughs> Holmes and trench foot. And a star was born. Can I tell you a side story about that story? Sure. You win Bob Dan shoes? No. I was anchoring marathon coverage, and there was an event the night before, and Carrie Pinkowski, who runs the Chicago Marathon, his wife Sue were there. And Sue says to me, Layla, I was delivering meals to the elderly when I heard the segment because I was in my car. And I said to Carrie, Carrie, won't you get Dan some other shoes? <laughs> Poor Sue Pinkowski had to save the day, and I don't know if it was ever saved, but she felt really bad for Dan. And here she is doing this wonderful act of kindness. It's really ridiculous that he doesn't own an alternative pair of shoes. And let's not get it twisted. Dan Bernstein can afford many pairs of shoes. All of the shoes. This is about effort. It's really, really bad. Uh, We are going to get more serious because we are going to talk with Matt Fortuna, our buddy who covers college sports in The Athletic. We'll ask him about Kevin Warren and the possibility of those two, of him being matched with the Bears and what that means for the Big Ten and what that means for the Bears. So stick around. It's Bernstein and Holmes. Lawrence and Layla here with you until two on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.